So given the lack of information provided by Wizards of the Coast for the lore of some of the and anthropomorphic playable races, what avenues of pop culture do you guys like to pull from for inspiration? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Do you want to roll dice for this one? Sure. Yeah. Great way to start off. I got a nat 20. Phenomenal. I got a 12. Oh, 12 for you. Oh, yeah. I think for myself, when it comes to kind of inspiration from pop culture, I just totally pull from Disney. <laughs> I was going to say Disney, but like. <laughs> but, but there's so many, but either that or I would say like Warner Brothers. Yeah, I can see that. It's, okay. It's just so much that they already do with kind of anthropomorphic stuff, all the way from classics like Disney's Robin Hood to more uh, recent stuff like Zootopia. You have so much that you can pull from to get inspiration. Yeah. Okay. Have you used Zootopia as inspiration for something? I am actually currently running a Disney-esque campaign, so I've pulled from a lot of Disney. Oh, all right. We've been doing it for about four years, and we're about to wrap up. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I've pulled from Zootopia and Robin Hood and various others. What about you, Kyle? Uh, where do I get my inspiration from? Uh, Yeah, actually, you know what? A lot of my childhood cartoons would probably be a big one. Also, uh, I don't know. I read a lot. So a lot of the books I read, I'll try to sneak some stuff in. Especially when it comes to anthropomorphic. Uh, I grew up on the Redwall series, which is about yeah. a little mouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one for me. That's cute. Yeah. No, I was going to say Disney, but I work for Disney. So like, I, what? <laughs> it's easy. But like uh, the um something that people don't really know is that Winnie the Pooh is from Disney as well. Technically, they're under oh, the old so umbrella. And so yeah. I went, I immediately went to Winnie the Pooh and thinking of like the, those characters and like pulling inspiration from how they have different character traits. So like the whole like um, rabbit is an ADHD, OCD person, like uh, Tigger's OCD, <laughs> the owl's like narcissistic. So like you can pull different kinds of like personality traits out of like just Winnie the Pooh in general for different types of characters and how to really play those properly. I love uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> now I got the theme stuck in my head. Thanks, Megan. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. That's very cute. Just out here Winnie the Pooh in it or Donald Duck in it, you know? <laughs> That's when you're wearing a shirt, but no pants, right? Yeah. That shirt, no pants. Yeah. <laughs> Glad that we had to do like define that for you. <laughs> uh, we just want to let all the listeners know. Yeah. I'm sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on playable races in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Megan, and with me today are Kyle and Tyler, and this episode is called The Rare Flare of Fair, Hair, and Air from Elsewhere. In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of Dungeon Masters will be sitting down to look at three more unusual playable races. Uh, because 5th edition seems to be leaning into the anthropomorphic side of character creation, uh, more than any other previous edition, we now have a couple more animal people, uh, the Owlin and the Herringon, as well as the newest addition to the playable fae creatures, the fairy. There is precious little in the way of lore for these three creatures. Very simplistic mechanics. So what is one aspect of lore that you wish that Wizards of the Coast would have put more thought into? You guys want to roll for it? 
Sure. Sure, why not? Might as well. We're on a roll today. Oh, I got a nat 20. Well, there you Ooh. go. Okay. I got an 11. Nine. All right, Kyle, what do you think? What would you like to use? Uh, what do I wish they put more lore into? Yeah, yeah just one aspect. Uh, honestly, any of it. It's just so bare bones and so generic that when I was going through all of these, I I, I got more and more mad. Like, it's kind of heartbroken, right? Yeah. Like, especially with the fairy and stuff, like there's, it just gives you their physical characteristics and oh. the mechanics are just boring, right? Like, I, got, I, no... I got a beef to pick with that, but yeah. Keep yeah. Going. Yeah. They're just boring. There's no flavor to it. And I don't know. I was disappointed with the whole thing. Aww. Yeah. I would completely agree with that. It is so bare bones. Now, if when it comes to like the lore aspect, I can make something up. I can homebrew something. I love to homebrew. But one thing I wanted more specifically was some sub races. I, I wanted to have something to go off of this because when it comes, there's so many different kinds of owls and also rabbits. And I, I guess there's only one kind of fairy. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think fairy was a big missed opportunity for having multiple different kinds of subclasses, especially oh, like. Gosh, yeah. With how much fandom there is out there, with how much like reading you could do, even like to your point with like Redwall, like it's so easy to make a backstory of why Harrington exists or like th- like Harry Potter, why owls exist. Like there's so much out there already. You could have pulled from anywhere to do that. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's why it's so disappointing is that it, the material is already there. You just had to customize it to D&D players and to make it a little bit more playable. And that's all you had to do. It would have been like one person's job to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's especially, uh, especially with a fairy too, because I mean, they're already kind of in the monster manual with sprites and pixies and this one, they just kind of put them together and made them a little bit bigger. Well, that's just it is fairies aren't new. They, all they've done is just said, here's a playable race. It's a bit bigger. Have fun with it. They're brand new, but they're not new. Yeah. I don't know. I think in the wake of this whole OGL uh, thing. I think the idea w- going into this is we're not going to make any backstories because why would we pay writers when we can just start stealing from all the homebrew without having to pay any sort of royalties to anybody? Like, I think it, the whole no backstory thing was kind of planned so that they can start shifting over into monetizing uh, just what other players. people have created for them. Yeah. Because, like, to your point, like, I feel like if you were a DM and you were to make a, uh, like, have your players at your table play an Allen or play a Herringon or something like that, you'd allow them to customize what it looked like. And if you chose, like, a specific type of owl or a specific type of fairy or, like, you have a specific type of look, like, you would probably allow a subclass and give them some kind of a special capability just because they picked that direction. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we can get into. Uh, But before we get any deeper into it, let's just cut to a quick ad break. We've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on player options in 5th edition. For all of those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. If you would like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you would like to pay for some ad space on It's a Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. This week on the It's a Mimic podcast, the campaign builder comes back with a bang as Jeff and I dig into what happens when aberrations attack en masse. But before that, 
We also have the privilege to bring you the beginnings of a new mini-series that is a far departure from Dungeons & Dragons and the systems we are used to. Keep your eyes on the regular public channels and YouTube for when Megan and a new host bring you something you've never seen before later this week. And don't forget to send in your mailbag questions while you can, because we record the next one in less than a week. Oh man. All right, but in the end, yes, we're going to be going over the owl and the fairy and the herring gone. So why don't we roll dice to see who gets to go first today? Got a 10. No. I got a 15. So did I win? Ask yourself a question, Megan. I will ask myself a question. Well, I'm going to go over the Outland is what I'm going to review with you folks today. So this is a playable lineage that comes from the Strixhaven, a Curriculum of Chaos book, which if you have not played within the setting, it is Hogwarts. It's the easiest <laughs> way I can describe it is a magical wizarding school where you educate yourself on magics. Very uh, accurate. Right? I like, there's no other way to describe this. This is Harry Potter. So, um, but I felt that, you know, just because of that, the owl being a playable lineage was quite fitting. Uh, they're considered to be the distant king of large owls from the Feywild, uh, which is, you know, it's a Fey episode, so that makes sense. Visually, they are small to medium-sized humanoids. They do have both legs and arms, and then wings that sprout from their backs. Their feathers themselves are written to be soft and light, like that of an owl, which makes them quiet and graceful. In fact, if the, that actually gives them a proficiency in stealth. So they're light on their feathers, shall we say. When do, comes, the feathers, do the feathers make great pillows, you think? I would hope so. But I also don't want an owl down pillow. Like, I feel like that just, like, <laughs> it just sounds terrible. PETA would come after me. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> if you're an evil character, why not? Oh my God. Can you imagine just some like wizard's towers just full of like owl down pillows and like <laughs> taxidermied owls with replacement feathers from pigeons? Like, yeah, I'm getting into it now. <laughs> The only problem is they'd be huge. So if like one of the sharp little bits poked out of the pillow, you could definitely do some damage to yourself. That's true. Their feathers would make really light and airy quills though. Like I imagine that if you had a, a yeah. like a, an owling feather, like a quill, it would write silently and you could write in just silence. Almost. No, no pen sound like. Nope. Just yeah. nice and grace. It's like, it's like the Everglide pens, but it is oh. made from owl and feathers <laughs> i like that yeah all right well let's get into some stats so they do get dark vision they're birds of the night that kind of makes sense to me as well as they have flight which basically just means that they can fly just as far as they can walk so their walking speed which is 30 they can also fly 30 and that is pretty much the simplistic breakdown of these owl creatures <laughs> that's pretty much it because <laughs> because of the way they're built you can <laughs> when you go to build them you get to choose what um ability scores you get to utilize you can do the pick two or pick three or what have you at the beginning you're not like forced to do one direction with these which is really nice because that brings me to comparing it to the aracocra which is our other flyable bird uh lineage that we have and i basically looked at it and so the aracocra does give you a plus two to dex and a plus one to wisdom um whereas again the allen you can pick it from anywhere so that does make your allen a little bit more customizable as a class than um, the air uh, the air is and then the other major difference is that they are slower walkers they actually have a speed of 25 however comma their fly speed is 50 so whereas oh. the owlin can only fly as fast as they can walk a air can fly twice as fast as they can walk they are a little more plump yeah <laughs> basically like large pigeons <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and one of the other cool things is that they, um, Aarakocras can actually use their claws as weapons, whereas Owlin can't. 
which I thought was weird. If I was to have an Allen player at my table, I would allow them to use a, if they had feet talons, that they could use those as unarmed weapons. Because it's not any different than using an unarmed attack for like a 1d4. I don't see why they can't just do that. I think they have to play it well. They have to actually like, don't just say, I'm going to do this, but they have to say how. Yeah, so like... Did you just make a sound effect for what it would sound like to claw someone with your talons? Yes, I did. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Oh my god. All right, well, I think classically, when I consider the owl character, you just saw me do air quotes, no one else can see me do air quotes. I imagine them to be a wizened, an all-knowing creature, as that's stereotypically what owls are representing in gaming. So like if you note an owl in Legend of Zelda, or again, we talked about Winnie the Pooh earlier, uh, or even just basically the companions of uh, Harry Potter characters. They're wizened, smart characters, creatures that help people. It's kind of like what I would lean into if I was to play one of these naturally. However, I think it would be really fun to play on the other side of that, because wizened creatures were young ones. You know what I mean? They were... They were educated, they were taught, they made mistakes. So at what point in your life are you playing this outland? And at what point in their life are they? It's something that I would definitely want to look into if I was to actually build one and play one. Because you are made wise by the mistakes that you make in your life. So if you're going to be a wise owl, what shit did you get up to when you were a kid? That is going to be the character I'm going to play in D&D, right? Pull from past experiences. I remember when. Back in my outland day... <laughs> I've got some questions to ask, obviously. That's pretty much all there is on Alan. As we said, there is not a whole heck of a lot of these. So let's take in some questions, get a little bit more creative and see what we can come up with for them. So let's roll some dice, fam. I got a nine. I got an 11. Got 12. Ooh, nice. All right. So what do you think an Alan settlement would look like? Uh, I see it as a series of towers built on mountain peaks. Mm. And on the outside, I see them looking like really dilapidated, uh, like almost on the point of falling down. But then on the inside, they're like really nice and like lush with a lot of like gold leaf trim and stuff. I like the gold leaf idea. That sounds really pretty. (laughs) Um, What did you roll, Tyler? You rolled a... An 11. Okay. I forgot who is next. I think you're next. Yes. I I also envision it kind of high up. It can be in a mountain or in a, a large tree forest. Uh, but I imagine it that inside it is super elegant. It is beautiful in there. And they are meticulous for keeping things order and proper. But more important than anything, I imagine in a secluded area. It is not in the midst of a large town. It is not close to other civilizations. They are in themselves their own and high up away from the ground yeah i like the idea that they i like the trees the tree like in my mind i, ha- I see treetops that they live in so to your point like above someone else's like hometown or something like that but i imagine like the ewok city because they fly but they do also walk just as fast as they can fly so in my mind they would have little drawbridges between the tops of the trees and like tunnels and things like that that weave in and out of like the outsides and through the roots and stuff like that like spiral staircases you know like the whole nine yards and to your point being meticulous so things are like the architecture is like phenomenal right oh yeah so and then like good i was was gonna imagine like little owl and kids running across the bridge and all the parents like wait till you can fly yeah just starts kicking them off (laughs) starts kicking them off the drawbridges so that they learn how to fly like (laughs) there's actually like a sacrificial like side tree where like that is where you take your kids when they're a certain age to keep to boot them off the tree so they can teach them how to fly walk the plank <laughs> yeah <laughs> the coming of age plank <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, what a sad backstory. You're like, you're, you know, he was a small owl and child, like got booted off the walk of death plank and did not fly and like hit the ground, but were so embarrassed that you just ran away from your home and then said you'd <laughs> never come back until you were a strong, wise and owl. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So sad. Oh God. All right. What party roles do you think that these are particularly suit and fill? Kyle, what do you think? Uh, I mean, with the proficiency in stealth and the flying, they're good scouts, right? So like rogue, ranger, druid. I really like the idea of playing a shadow sorcerer with one though. Like something to do with night, you know? Yeah, they're technically nocturnal creatures. That would make sense, right? I could see that, definitely. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? Anything else? I actually want to take it to a different direction. I like the idea of owls, intelligence, and this idea of an arcane spellcaster kind of role. And more book smart arcane. I'm thinking more of a wizard or even an artificer using intelligence. And they're using that stealth to keep hidden. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. No, I like the idea of making them like a, a hunter-gatherer, like archer. So not our, you, not only can you fly, but you can now arrow people from the sky. So this <laughs> yes. would be like my my flying battlement is what I would want a group of these folks to be for me, you know? Yeah, all right. They but, are excellent hunters, right? Right. So as owls in general, if we, if we compare them to their kin brethren, yes, they should be owls and hunters and gatherers and eaters and consumers. But yeah. Um, in earlier books, they give us naming conventions, but they don't actually anymore these days. What do you think would be a weird naming convention or a cool naming convention for these folks? Uh, I, I see them as having like a descriptors, you know, uh, like kind of along the lines of indigenous naming cultures, like Golden Feather and Shadow Hunter and Blind Fury and stuff like that. I don't really see them having last names. I don't know why you don't. No, I agree. I feel like because I feel like in my mind, it, like we're, we're almost talking about them like they have a colony, not necessarily that they have named surname families, yeah. you know, so it would almost be like their surname if they were to have it would be like their colony name. Or the or clan. Like yeah. Uh, actually, a group of owls is called a parliament. I hate it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Megan. <laughs> It just sounds way too prestigious and I don't, it's like, I, the way I picture my owl colony is not like this, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually exactly how I picture it. Cause the names that I'm thinking are more Latin and Greek type of things, stuff like Archimedes um, or Escalphalus okay. uh, or uh, Homolephidivine. Again, this kind of, and then a surname would be like a clan, like Silvertongue or Aerolite. Right. That's kind of how I'm, so I like the idea of, the parliament of owls and then suddenly these intellectual creatures that come forth have very fancy sounding names and i want them to be as dumb as heck <laughs> but named after like he's like because like i thought of something similar in the sense where i would love them to be named after like greek gods similar to how like a lot of people in religious like communities will name their kids after saints and things like that right I feel like an owl like colony would do like something similar that they would name them after like their own gods or the gods of the world and like to, to like aspire to greatness right is the whole point of that process so good luck with that I know but like we're also like these owls are dumb as posts and we're very excited about that for them <laughs> <laughs> we kicked them off of drawbridges to make sure that they yeah. can fly that's where we're at right now as a society did you just fly <laughs> into a post I didn't mean to 
<laughs> just trying to deliver this letter. This Hogwarts yeah. wizard isn't going to get their letter and that's going to be my fault. <laughs> oh my God. With the treetop villages, I just imagine them like just walking off the side of a bridge. Yeah. Like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I do that? They're not used to like the imbalance of having their wings fan out. So they just get like gusted by the wind and like tossed off the side. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Or, or someone casts gust of wind yep, accidentally. <laughs> They're learning how to cast spells and walk. I like how we've now, like now I'm imagining that this treetop like society of these owls is just Hogwarts for owls. <laughs> really <laughs> dumb owls. At the moment, they're learning. They're learning. Yeah, it's their first day, you know? Um, all right. Well, speaking of that, any fun quest ideas that we have to u- utilize the Allens? Kyle? Uh, okay. So if you're going with like a mountaintop, I was thinking that um, a parliament has been fighting a bunch of frost giants uh, who claim that the Allens stole their mountain fastness um, and it's their like ancestral home. Uh, and so you've been recruited to try and help them with the frost giants, but there's also been signs of trolls in the area and they're afraid they're going to make a frost giant everlasting one. I feel like you've been listening to the giants episodes. (laughs) (laughs) None of your business. (laughs) No comment. What about you, Tyler? You got any ideas for a nice fun quest? Yeah, I, I think a fun idea would be this idea of the owl in actually doing research on owl bears and they need the party to gather as much data and information as possible in regards to how they fight, but also how they interact with each other, with others, how they protect their own, how they mate, you name it. They want research on everything. And this really gives this idea of the party, not just go in, kill the monster and get out, but this idea of this exploration pillar. And can you stay hidden? What are you going to do to research these guys and bring back tangible evidence? Yeah, that is a good way to bring it again, that exploration pillar and make it use, useful in your campaign, right? Like those characters that take like research and intelligence and I'm going to read this book, like that would definitely play into those players very well. Yeah, A ranger can finally use the, all the stuff that they've been dying to use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I wanted to lean into the fact that I would like these guys to be like, like a battlement, like again, like a flying army and that somewhere off of like treetops in the distance is this like hidden colony of these beautiful, like well-known army decked out, like fighting birds that like they are sought out by communities to help them fight wars and things like that, just to be like the air support for, um, battles and wars. And that's what they're known for. Uh, but maybe they've gone missing or like they like the previous location where you could find them they're no longer there they've moved on and now you have to find out where they've gone and why they are no longer like practicing right and it could be a very political back and forth of we decided to shut down because we did not want to fight in wars anymore like we wanted to live in peace and we never like we didn't want to keep putting our children in like battles that were not our own like that kind of stuff and it could be like a really big political campaign if you wanted it to be right i like that i really do yeah (laughs) politics politics hey there's not enough of it never (laughs) you should play an alpha of our campaign (laughs) don't tempt me i don't think i can pitch that enough i think at this point um all right so we talked a little bit about playing them stupid but how else would you play one do you think kyle like role playing Um, role playing tips i don't imagine them being very talkative right very reserved 
kind of almost a little snobbish. Yeah. Right. And I think that would make an even funnier idiot is if they are like just so pompous and stuck up and then they're just ditzes. <laughs> <laughs> this is your dude, bro, that for some reason like scored super high on the SATs and you have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> And he doesn't tell you anything either. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, that was hard for you? That's weird. (laughs) Turns out he just guessed everything. Everything. uh, The letter C, you know, when it's multiple choice. (laughs) Yeah. He is a lucky trait. Yeah, there you go. I see see these guys as very calm and collective. Kind of said, like, very quiet, like you were saying, Kyle. They don't say a lot unless it needs to be said. But I like the idea of them being very stuck up. They're that know-it-all. But I see them as the know-it-all who wants to help. Like, they're the ones like, wait, I, I, I can help you. I can help you. I, I know how to do this. Trust me. No, no, no. Don't worry. I, I know this one. Yeah. Sit back. Relax. I can do this. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but only only pipes up when he's in a scenario where he thinks he can help. Other than that, he just, you, you all do what you want to do. I'll just stay here. I feel like you're getting a lot of inspiration from the sword and the stone. Any owl from that one? It was so good. <laughs> no, whereas I'm still getting inspiration from Winnie the Pooh, where like again, we like how we were talking about how owls you would play them as like quiet, collected, but like full of themselves. But owl in Winnie the Pooh represents narcissism. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like I just imagine like it would be I also like the idea of the Legend of Zelda one where you would play them very much like they would tell a story at length for no reason. It would be like reading the recipe again, trying to like read a recipe online, but you have to read about where they traveled and went to Italy to find their tomatoes, like that whole concept. Where's the button that says skip to recipe? Yeah, like you're like looking for that button when you're talking to one of these, you know, like... There's going to be these long, drawn-out explanations for no fucking reason. It's just like, yeah. Awesome. What about exploration and clues, do you think, Kyle? Uh, I mean, I, I think you could use them for pretty much anything. I don't I don't think there's anything about them that stands out uh, that you couldn't substitute from anything else, right? Mm-hmm. I like, if you were using a real-life owl, um, I feel like they would have excellent eyesight, you know, um, excellent trackers. So if you didn't, if you were doing an exploration pillar and you didn't have a ranger in your party, this could be a great NPC to add to it. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm going to take it from a different perspective of how do you know if they're nearby? And have you guys ever seen remnants of owl food? The owl pellets? Yes. Yeah. And not just that, but you're going to find these furry remains on the ground. Like you're walking along the ground and you're occasionally going to find these these large pellets, but like have half eaten animal in it, the pellets of food. And it's like, what the heck is this? And then your ranger is going to be like, hold on there. Let me do a survival check here or yeah. whatever. And that's how you're going to kind of know that they're nearby. Yeah. No, weird, gross story because we grew up where the forest exists. Um, I remember when I was a kid, we would always have to do like weird, like forest excursions and things like that. And one of the things we had to do was when I was in elementary school, we had to dissect an owl pellet. So oh, like, that's gross. So like a, a ranging, a ranger company or whatever brought in a bunch of like 
pretty found like owl pellets and each kid got their own they had to like dissect it and rip it apart so yeah welcome to growing up near forest i don't know i don't know if that's normal for other folks but like <laughs> it's a weird childhood memory that i have so I, w- I would have wanted to do that as a child on my own just for the fun of it yeah but i don't know man but no i, I agree like uh, with your point Tyler, if i was to try and figure out like if i was to be near a like a, a group of these um it would be like you would find their feathers again right and their feathers in my mind are going to be super rare because like yeah. they hold on to them and like because they like they know how like again how prestigious they are and how like light they are and make the best down pillows on the planet you know what I mean so like they probably don't leave their feathers and if they like molt or whatever that word is for when both birds rip their feathers out okay, like I feel molting. Like, molting yeah I feel yeah. like they would do it at home they wouldn't do it anywhere else but at home and like even if they did at anywhere else they would like keep them in like a little bag for themselves you know they're gonna they're gonna start their own company called uh owl quill and owl quill co yeah so i imagine like a nice little exploration or a clue is that you come across one of these feathers and like your ranger knows this is a very rare feather you would not find these anywhere else you know like super cool you could uh, say they just get put a feather in their cap hey man that'd be like a really cool like a little like little set piece for a character to be like my best friend was an owlin and before they left they gave me one of their feathers as like a token and it's That's in their cool. hat or something like that but it's like a weird patterning so then ra- randomly down the line you meet an owlin that has that patterning or something like that it's your way I, I like the idea of a colony of owls and their main export is bedding right like they just sell <laughs> down pillows and down beds <laughs> yes. It's like I I I can't give you that feather, okay? It is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, quite literally. <clears throat> yeah, you're gonna take from the family business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you? My kids need to eat. Oh my god! And then like that's the your the reason why your character left like the colony was because you didn't want to take over the family business. You're like, I don't want to sell bedding for the rest of my life. I want to be an adventurer. <laughs> yeah. And then they kick him off the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> and then he runs away. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. Super cute. I was thinking for the quest, you uh a colony of Allen could be cursed by a hag and to not be able to grow feathers. <gasps> oh that Did would look imagine? scary. That would be very frightening. Yeah. And like they would hold on to every feather they lose because they can't regrow them. So they yeah. just are I super panicked every time they lose a feather. I'm just imagining wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> They're cold. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> They make a Christmas sweater or like a jacket out of the feathers of like a, an aracocra or something. Like, <laughs> well, my feathers, they are. It's like those look like aracocra feathers. No, they're not. <laughs> oh I'm the God. bird here. I know these things. That's just so sad sounding. Aww. All right. Last but not least, combat thoughts for these. I feel like I talked about combat for a while because I would like these to be like, again, an air battlement. But any other thoughts and ideas of how you would use them in combat? Yeah, no, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, I, I would add they also attack from shadows and they're sneaky. So they're always trying to hide, right? They're not going to get up close and personal. I would agree in the sense that they just want to stay out of reach. And coming from if they're a wizard or something, like that, they're going to cast spells while flying in the air and out of reach yeah because like they're flying they can't be wearing anything like i think it's only they can only wear up to medium armor or something like that light armor i think yeah and then anything above that they can't fly anymore so i can't imagine that they would be very well armored so to your point they're gonna stay pretty far away so they're gonna be again archers at a distance or magic casters at a distance because they're not gonna be wearing anything super heavy or else they won't be able to fly so there's no point right so 
That's how, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Damn it. Now I want my. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Now I'm thinking in my head that they're going to weave Alan armor out of these feathers that like when you weave them in a certain pattern, they become like a sweet thatched armor and it is a very rare type of armor. And then they wear it because it's light as feathers. Nice. Yes. All right. A small, a, a small patch of it is Aerocrocra. The rest is Avalon. <laughs> Just a small, small shoulder, patch. shoulder patch. Yeah, it's like the one. The what are they called? Um, pauldrons. Aerocrocra yes. <laughs> <Eric> pauldrons. <laughs> Aerocrocras may have been harmed in the making of this pauldron. <laughs> All right. Any other final thoughts on uh, these Allen bird folk before we move on to the next one? Do we like them? I like them. Uh, I wouldn't mind making a character and playing it. Is it going to be my first choice? No, not necessarily, but they'd be fun. Fun as an NPC. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. now inspired to build like an, a huge NPC colony of these that are just roaming around cities, whether it be the, you know, like the the small bird army or the bed making company merchant or, <laughs> you know, I think it'd be a lot of fun. But what about you, Kyle? Would you use them? Uh yeah, maybe as an NPC, but I I don't know. Nothing really speaks to me as a player character. Yeah, very generalized yeah. for a build. Yeah. If you, because you're basically just getting a free, I will build whatever I want, but I am a bird. I think yeah. it's, is the feel I get from it. So like, there's a lot more inspiring things you could do elsewhere, but you could definitely utilize these really well as an NPC. Cool. All right. Who had the next lineage? I think it was me. Blessings. I believe it was. Blessings. <laughs> So I got the Herringon, and I am super excited about these guys. When they first came out, I was stoked. We're going to get into why in a little bit, but just a little bit about the physical description of who they are, what they look like. Well, they're small bipedal rabbit creatures, really. But keep in mind, they can be whatever you want to think of. There's not just one kind of rabbit. They can be a jackrabbit. They can be a hare. They can be so many different kinds. So you can imagine this, these bipedal rabbit creatures with long leperine legs that you can kind of use it to spring up. So they're not going to be too different than what we can find really in pop culture, other than them being in armor and weapons or however the character wants to imagine it. But it's it, it looks kind of what we've already seen in, well, as I said, various Disney films or other cartoons. It's not... It's not that different from that. However, we can imagine however we want. But as for lore, really, it doesn't tell us a lot. Kind of like the Alin, all it says is they originated from the Feywild and that they're really the embodiment of freedom and travel. That's about it that we have for lore. No history, nothing. Like these magical rabbits that have wonderlust is basically how they've described them. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Uh, and here's the fun thing, and I was surprised about this. There is nothing in previous editions. These are completely brand new to D&D, which surprised me because you'd think that since anthropomorphic races have been used in previous editions, that they might have created something because we have Redwall, you have Secret of Nim, you have these ones that use anthropomorphic animals so there's a lot of call for it so i was surprised that they didn't do it sooner uh i remember how traumatizing secrets of nim was oh i grew up with that movie yeah i remember they would always play it on tv every once in a while and like i would sit down and watch it and then immediately remember why i hated this movie because it would just make me so sad inside <laughs> i would play it 
I would be playing it playback on a VHS. Yes, it was a VHS. Amen. I loved it. We're all old here. It's okay. Um, so again, we can look at different stereotypes for these guys. They, you can either take them as the sweet, innocent creatures that they are, or we can do kind of the mischievous kind of creatures that suddenly they take things. You don't know why things are gone because they're so fast. But as for the mechanics in and of themselves, it, they doesn't give us a, uh, it, it doesn't give us improvements. It doesn't give us strength or ability scores or anything. So I'm guessing with this, it is plus two and a plus one i don't know yeah it would probably be the yeah. same as what it was with alan where it's a plus two and a plus one you just need to kind of pick what kind of character you want to make right yeah, yeah. so i think that's just the plan from here on out with all of it yeah i'm just gonna make it fully customized i hate that i honestly do I, I i want there to be this idea to give inspiration i don't want it to be you choose what you want i want the i want the characters to create their own backstory yes but I want there to be structure. But they are humanoid, and they are a small to medium-sized creature. So they are their speed is 30 feet, which I kind of like if they were a small creature, because most small creatures only have a 25-foot speed, whereas even if they're small, they still have that 30-foot, which I like because yeah. they're fast. Yeah, uh, That's also changing. Like, if you look at uh, Mordenkainen presents Monsters of the Multiverse, all the races have 30 feet now. Yeah, I know. I try yeah. to ignore that. I try to. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of like goes back to the fact that like lineages all kind of start with like, they're not trying to pigeonhole one lineage into one direction now. It's more along the lines of what makes you your character is what class and education you choose as a player, not necessarily what you were born with, which I think is an interesting take on where to take it. But like to your point, like these are rabbits. You would think that like they would get a, something to their speed or like something to like their like, I don't know, their stealth well, or what have you. Similar well, to like how at least Alan's get stealth, right? But we're gonna get into that. Okay. Well tell me there's, more. There's a few mechanics that they have that this is what drove me to love these guys so much. One that they have is called hair trigger. And essentially you can add your proficiency bonus to the your initiative. So that's a that's a bit of a boost. Yeah, so basically they yeah. get to they're quick on their feet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, they're quick to quick to react. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. I like the leperine senses. This idea that and they have proficiency in the perception skill. So you granted that right off the bat. Now I'm I'm trying to think like if you were granted a proficiency with something else, would you give be expertise in this? Is it again? So if you already so if you're already proficient in this, like as a racial uh, lineage trait, if you gain proficiency with another class or from a feat, would this become expertise? I think the rule I don't think as so. It's supposed to be is that you pick another skill. Yeah, I think it is. You pick another. Uh, but I was just interested by that. So another trait they have is called lucky footwork. And after failing a deck save, you can add a D4 to your role as a reaction. So this can be a make or break situation. If you fail that deck save by one or two, you can roll a D4 uh, as a reaction. And get this, you can. there is no limit per day on this. This yeah, is really good. Yeah, you can use this as your reaction every turn if you need to. That dragon, well, you just miss that dexterity save to get away from his fire breath and only take half damage. Well, hold on one second. Yeah. Mm. One more time with feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I like Not that this so fast. 
Exactly. I like that it's not advantage or reroll. It's just a little boost. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't seem so game-breaking. Nope. Now, yeah, this last thing, though, this, and this is called the rabbit hop. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, oh, what what's so great about that? You're able to jump five times the amount of your proficiency modifier as a bonus action without provoking an opportunity attack. That's pretty decent. Now, you're not able to do it if you're reduced to zero speed. Yeah. And you can use it only the amount of your proficiency bonus. So if it's uh, your proficiency is plus three, you can use it three times a day, but it recharges after a long rest. One of the main reasons I like this is because this gives me the ability to, I guess, homebrew or to play a particular kind of character that is so near and dear to my heart. I can actually make a Dragoon with this thing. Mm. I'm a Final Fantasy fanatic. I've always loved Dragoons. And this gives me the ability to finally play one. <laughs> I can actually jump high up in the air and come down on the enemy. I'm just like, yes, about bloody time. They have a rabbit race now, don't they? In like, if you play Final yeah. Fantasy 14, yeah, they have uh, a- Oh, well, that's in Final Fantasy 12. Yeah, but yeah, playable. Exactly, so- For those of us who don't know what a Dragoon is, could you oh, sorry. Me? Sorry. Basically, it's basically a lancer. <laughs> oh, it's a lancer who is, has the ability to jump to great heights and come down on their foes as okay. a, an extra attack damage on it. All right. I only know dragoons from Age of Empires. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. But yeah, that essentially just blew my mind when I saw that. I was it made me it made me very happy inside. Mm. Uh, That's a cool ability. It really is. Um, we can talk a bit about that in a tiny bit of what that actually looks like. Mm -hmm. But as for about role-playing this guy, I I imagine them being very curious creatures uh, who don't want to be bound. They essentially want to take every opportunity they have and to have fun with it. But they make their own decisions. They don't take orders from anyone else because, no, I want to do it my way. No, I, you can suggest it, but I'll make the decision here. I, I almost have like the Robin Hood mentality when I think of these guys. Okay. Uh, but as for combat for these, again, make use of that rabbit hop. It's hit them hard and hop out without taking an opportunity attack. Uh, or it would be a great ranger character of hopping onto high ground away from the attackers and just pinning them off. Uh, and then obviously I, I think I would want to homebrew some sort of Dragoon Knight character because yeah, uh, I just love it. <laughs> Animal armies, you know what I'm about it. <laughs> awesome. Is that pretty much all there is written so far? I may have expounded a little bit, but yes. Hey man, that's good. That's There's good. only like two paragraphs. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, there's there's very minimal to these folks. So um. there's also creatures further on in the uh, in the Witch Beyond the World Light. Um, there's further on you can actually see the creatures and how they are. They have like snipers as well, and that they use to pick them off from a distance. Uh, and this idea of well, well, the bandits on the side of the road, you know, catching people off guard, like, hey, you want to get by? Yeah, pay a toll type yeah, idea. Very much so. Neat. All right. Well, let's roll some dice and ask some questions about these folks. All right, got a 12. I got an 18. Oh, I got a big old three. Great, Ooh. love that for you. All right, what do we think their settlements are going to look like? Tyler. So I like the idea of it being kind of a, nom a nomadic society, you know, always on the move. They live in burrows, and it gives a kind of very rustic feeling. And uh, kind of like going from Winnie the Pooh, I was thinking like uh, from Robert, how his, his 
his burrow in there like looks very rustic. It looks put together, but it's not like the prettiest thing you've seen. But it looks quite nice still, homely. That's why I kind of imagine their settlements looking like. Yeah, and I I kind of agree where I feel like that they don't necessarily have one large settlement, kind of like how we explain the Outland Wood that has like a very structured home and place. I feel like they just kind of build a home wherever they are. And if they were to have colonies, it'd be small families. They wouldn't be like large quantities because again, they have wanderlust. So as soon as you have your 17 babies, 16 of them move out in like a year. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they're always on the move. You're not going to have these large like colonies and houses. And like, I feel like if there were to, yes, they would of course be in like burrows and like have like an underground tunnel system, obviously of some kind. But I don't think that they would be like sitting there long-term. for a long time, long term, right? The, the only time they would find something long term in my mind is when they retire and they retire with their partner or their mate or like their small little family. And that is where you'll find like a household in the crook of like a, a tree stump. You know what I mean? But you're not going to find all of their grandbabies and kids around them because they're going to be off on their wanderlust doing their living their lives. Right. So they might actually in like in my mind, they might actually have like a family home that just rotates uh, the generation. Yes. Um, so like Honestly, when they sleep, good. Uh, it makes it's you make them sound like they're all deadbeat parents. Like just have their babies and then they're out. No, I mean like because like because they're written as they have wonderlust. So like the kids yeah. themselves aren't gonna want to stay home. They're mm-hmm. gonna be like they're gonna stay home until they can fly. And like the owlin who are like, no, I want to stay home. But like these ones are gonna want to wander away. They're gonna want to like make their own, pave their own path, and do their own thing. Like they're gonna get bored. I feel like these are the ADHD babies. You know what I mean? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're wonderful parents, and the fact that they would come back when they're getting ready to retire, they like they they retire in the same home that their parents retired in, and then their okay. babies go off. Like that's kind of how the rotation that I see. Yeah, it's the it's the caring. Come, we'll take care of you. But when you leave, go ahead and leave. We'll be here when you get back. Okay, so I, I see it a little bit differently. I see them living in like a giant underground warren, like similar to dwarves, except a lot less austere, right? Like there's like softer corners. The floor is all like lush grass. And then nobody knows whose parents is whose. Like all the kids are raised communally. <laughs> It's just like sister wives to an umpteenth degree. Just like yeah, kind of. Everyone's everyone's parent. Everyone's everyone's sister. You know. <laughs> yeah, you just like push them into the like children corral, and then you all, everybody has to take turns like raising them up, and then so parents can just take off, go on their adventures, and then just come I'll back for a little bit. And then yeah, when the kids grow up, they can just fuck off to you, right? You do a I little bit I... of community service, and then you get out of here. I think that's my cousin, or is that my sister, or is that my brother? <laughs> can say (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness all right well that being said what are some fun questions not questions sorry um we kind of talked a little bit about like party roles already um tally gave us a couple of ideas but um any other thoughts for how they would particularly play well into a party of folks because well i think these i i think these guys can fit into various different ones but I'm thinking high dex characters that can deal damage like rogues, monks, and rangers. Uh, hey, you could also make an argument. You could be a bard who leans towards more of the seductive side and literally be the playboy bunny. Oh, I was going to say there's drums, drums with his feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. No, I, I love the idea of a group of these being monks. Like like a monk like monastery of just all herring gone that are just like like just amazing kickers you know what I mean like that's yes. their thing 
is they just kick the shit out of people. And like, again, I love the idea of a good animal army. So I've got like my owl and sky flyers and I, now I have my like group of monk herring gun that are gonna be my front and center of my battlement, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love like that. Yeah. And just the best drummers in the world. You know, so. Oh, hands down. And you know what? You'll hear them coming because they don't really give a shit if you can hear them coming. Because mm-hmm. like, they're just stamping their feet as they're coming for you because they're probably three times faster than you are and they will just jump, right? Like they'll, yeah. instead of having like the arrows that go in first, like in a battle, you just have like a group, these like a line of these just jumping in. Like, come on. I, Visually, I like it. it's adorable. I, it's, <laughs> but I like the sound. It's, you don't hear armored feet. You just hear the soft padded feet, but a whole bunch of them. Yeah, it's just gonna, instead of being like the wildebeest, like like hooves on the ground, it's just like a, a yeah. cute little like thud. <laughs> oh my goodness! But what about you, Kyle? Any other player roles that you can think of these would fit well into? I mean, I'd love to see it as a monk. Really, it's just any character that's gonna get in and then get out, right? Because with the extra with the extra advantage to initiative. And being able to jump without provoking an attack of opportunity, it's like the perfect rogue to go in, stab, get your sneak attack damage, and then jump away to relative safety. I like that idea with the monks too, you're saying. They can use a key point, and is it wind of the, what is it that they can use it? They can use a key point and they can double the jump distance. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Don't look it up, because I was like, what is it called? Uh, yeah, no, I know. I I was thinking about it earlier. Uh, key points. Flurry blows. Patient defense. Step of the wind. Step of the wind. That's yeah, right, is yeah. one key point to take a disadvantage. Uh, sorry, disengage or dash action as a bonus action on your turn, and jump distance is doubled for the turn. Yeah, so. I w- I I would almost play that. It, at least if my characters would ask, I would let them apply it to this just yeah. for flavor. Oh yeah. It's true. But I also like the like the visual of the flurry of blows and the fact that it's just like your back feet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways. That's it. I, okay, now now in my head I've got this visual of a rabbit person just like somersaulting forward and then so they're looking up at you with like the soft little belly and you want to reach down and pet it but it's that's dangerous it's just gonna about to kick the shit out of you it's like that lures you in yeah it's got like that that cat back foot like kick when you like when you pet it grabs you and this like back foot kicks you until (laughs) (laughs) gives a cute little sweet little bunny eyes and all of a sudden wow damn it Oh my god. The art of distraction. Oh, my liquefied organs. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then just drops away. And then that's the end of that. You know there what you I mean? Go. Like, <laughs> Where the hell did that thing go? Right? All right. Um, same kind of question that we did with the Owlin. Uh, they don't have a naming convention. Uh, any creative ideas for what you would do for a naming convention for these folks? I would keep it just short syllable names. I don't imagine them being too elaborate. I can imagine being like, they actually give examples of Agdon and Jebek, but I could imagine just being like uh, Jenny or it could be just really simple names. And as for a surname, maybe it's something earned by their family. Uh, so it, it may or, which may or may not be a colony into of itself, just the family. Yeah, no, I agree that I feel like because they would have so many babies, because again, if you think like rabbit, they have many, many babies. 
you're not going to think of a creative name for every single one. It's going to be like Kevin one, Kevin two, Kevin three, Kevin four, <laughs> Kevin five, but like named in a different way. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Kevin spelled it a different way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kevin with an H. Uh, I'm Kevin with a Y. I'm Kevin with, <laughs> I'm Kevin with an X because I'm the cool one. Yeah. Okay. Get out of here. Kingdom Hearts. Like. <laughs> Oh my god, it's the evil, it's the evil Kevin. Is the Kevin with the X in it? <laughs> Kevin. There's always one evil one. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Any creative naming conventions? Uh I mean, if I if I was gonna do it, I'd name them all like stupid cutesy names, like Mr. Whiskers and Fluffy Collins. Yeah. And and I would make them get absolutely furious if any of the party members laugh yeah. yes like, like don't make fun of my name yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's why they multi-class multi-class into barbarian yeah that'd be pretty good too but uh, yeah i don't see any surnames because i see all children being raised communally nobody knows whose kids is whose so what's the point in giving them a last name yeah no i can see yeah i can absolutely see it again there's so many of them that there's no point like it's just oh, yeah. they they're just there right Oh man, God! I just want like a like again. I want this monk thing to come to fruition. Like yes. I'm gonna build L five R campaign around a monk society of rabbits. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Let me know if you do that. I'd love to play it. <laughs> I'll let you know. Um, speaking of which, fun quest ideas for these folks, Tyler. What do you think? Okay, so if you haven't found out already, I love taking kind of children ideas and expounding on them a little bit. And this would be no different. I would love to take a comical aspect and make it a bit more in a serious note. So the group has been asked to hunt a particular creature that poses a threat to them in this season of the year. And the creature that they're after is a giant dire duck. Uh, okay. <laughs> Can't, they can't they duck. can't see my face but i can see my face i'm <laughs> just like what a dire duck okay yes okay. is this like the question would you rather fight a hundred horse size no a hundred duck size horse or a single horse Horse size duck, size duck. <laughs> I'm actually pulling from Warner Brothers at the scene where you have uh, Bugs Bunny arguing with, with Donald Duck. Like, it's it's rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, oh, duck season. Then all of a sudden, uh, okay. Elmer Fudd season. I get you. I get you. I get you. Oh, and, yeah, or, yeah, all right. That, that's just me with the creative solution. And this dire duck is not going to be a pretty picture. It's going to be have, like, teeth. It's going to be an immense creature. Your, your players are suddenly going to think, oh, this is going to be a super silly quest and everything. And all of a sudden... Holy crap. Go, 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 go. Get out of here. Get out of here now. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Amazing. I don't know. I like, yeah, to, I like so. to do that these ones are strewn about like a world. You know what I mean? Because again, they have wanderlust. I feel like they're going to be everywhere. So you could run into a colony or like a group of them at any point. And I feel like if I was to roleplay one, I would roleplay them super friendly because they like, they love everyone and they want to be friends with everybody. So I feel like if I would have a group of folks or like a group of adventurers going through, maybe they have to like get themselves like to the top of a castle without being seen, but none of them can climb or jump fast enough. So they seek out uh, the high jumpers or what have you that are going to get themselves and give you a hand, right? Like have that specialty aspect of these characters uh, be utilized within your party in some way, shape or form, right? What about you, Kyle? Um, I, I tried to think of like a serious quest idea, but I couldn't come up with one. So I just, uh, I decided to steal one out of a children's book. And um, so Peter Cottontail 
is young, enigmatic Herringon, who is hell-bent on revenge against the McGregor family, who killed and ate his mom. And it, so he comes up to you looking for revenge now that he's all grown up after being orphaned and wants your help getting revenge on this family, who it ends up being a coven of hags. Oh my god. I just wanted to make that even slightly more ridiculous. And it's just imagine like your player group comes from like a farming community that ruined the burrow of a family of one of the herring guns. Oh boy. And they're and like and like again, this is like Secrets of Nim kind of style where like killed yes. the family and the only one survivor mm. was like the small child that's been following you around for years, growing up, learning your every move, like secretly just being like a nice cute little bunny becomes one of your players' companions. But it's actually just a herring gun that's like biding its time, Vinland saga style, to kill the person that killed their family. What oh if this God, turns into that. one of the big bad evil guys? <laughs> yeah, this is the one you'll never suspect. Yeah, have you guys seen? Have you guys seen Vinland Saga? It's on Netflix. It's an anime. No, I haven't it's... yet. It's on my list. Yeah, it's like a Vikings one, but it's basically the storyline of a kid whose father was killed in a Viking battle, and so he basically challenges the leader. The kid, as a kid, challenges the leader of that battlement. And the leader's like, I don't want to kill a kid. But the Viking community is basically like, well, you can't deny his request. So he's like, okay, well, you can follow me around. And then when you're ready, you can challenge me. So he spends his life following this man around, um, waiting for a chance to duel and kill him. And I'm like, now I'm just imagining that as this hairy gun. He's just following you around, waiting for their chance that they're strong enough. They feel they could take you on, you know? (laughs) Oh, my God. Amazing. Love it. Um, and again, we talked a little bit about, about uh, role-playing aspects. How do you feel like you would want to role-play one of these? I would imagine these guys very carefree with no filter. Like they would speak their mind and not be afraid to do so because they they do kind of embody that kind of freedom there. So they're going to say whatever they have. It's, there is no, I don't have a filter today. No, it's, I never have a filter. I no. will say whatever I want. Yeah, they don't have the time. They can't be bothered with your fiddle foddle. They're like, I'm sorry, I don't have the time for this. Like, I've got places to be. Like, (laughs) Alice is falling down a hole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) Uh, One one of you players, the elves, saying, How does this look on me? And then the Harrogon saying, It looks ugly as shit. You look like shit. Yeah. It's like, Oh, why? It's because I don't care. I don't care. I got out of time for this. We're moving yeah, on. Yeah. No, I agree. And I said, like, I, I like the idea that they're like, yeah, they don't have a filter, but obviously I feel like they're super friendly because again, they don't have the time to care about politics. They don't have time to care about like, you know, classism. They don't have time to care about that kind of crap. They're just, they're just, they exist and they, they move their struggle is survival. You know, like they just, they're, they're good to make friends with you, to utilize you for your skills, not necessarily anything else. Like they're just going to partner with you be like, oh, you're big and strong. You can help me with this. Right. So that's kind of how I would role play it anyways. What about you, Kyle? Like free spirit hippies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I like that a lot. Uh, Free spirit hair hippies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was a bit of a stretch. (laughs) Yeah. Had to try. Had to try. Uh, yeah, I, I think you guys covered it pretty well. I just see them being a little bit kind of twitchy and paranoid too, mm. right? Like they'll just stop talking to you in the middle of a conversation and like swivel their ears around, try to pick up a, a noise and then circle back and concentrate on you again. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. Didn't hear you. What'd yeah. you say? Say that again one more time. <laughs> well, so, that, so, you hear a bird. Okay. That's oh, just oh, the oh, Allens oh. up top. It's the yeah. Allens. Can you, okay, do you think that Owlins and a Herringon would get along? 
I know it's a weird segue question, but I just thought of that because technically in like the animal kingdom, do uh, owls not eat rabbits? They do if they're small enough. Yeah. I think it would have to be something in the past that caused the friendship to happen. It's not just it happened just because. No, there was something that caused it. Either one saved the other's life or something of that sort. And I'm thinking like a, this is a fox and the hound kind of quest story. You know, yeah. a herring gone and an owl and her best friends, but like they're like rival like communities. <laughs> I, I, now I'm imagining uh, a herring gone becoming an artificer because he dreams to fly. Oh my God. I think or, they uh, wouldn't really like, there wouldn't be as much of the owl rabbit dichotomy, right? Because in nature, one is like a killer and the other one is prey whereas this is they're kind of on equal footing yeah right they're they're both built to be adventurers of some kind right yeah, yeah. so yeah interesting anyways that was a little side part um to wrap these ones up any final exploration clues or combat ideas for these folks i think you're gonna find their burrows before you find them yeah or the, the little settlements that they that the little nomadic uh, settlements that they put up they're gonna find you before you find them because they're so fast and they're good at hiding mm-hmm. as i imagine as from a from a, a rabbit standpoint yeah i feel like you're gonna like find their little encampments and again you'll probably fall into one of the burrows by accident at one point um but they're always like a couple of steps ahead of you and then at one point they're gonna be like i'm sorry are you following us but they like approach you at your campsite in the middle of the night right <laughs> like <laughs> I imagine you falling into a burrow, then all of a sudden, about like a hundred eyes just like look at you. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean I to bring the thatched roof. <laughs> I imagine them digging a lot of traps now. Mm. Like, yeah. They would just be everywhere. Yeah. Especially around their home. Like if they have a community the yeah. way that you imagine it, Kyle, I could imagine that they would have to keep it safe because they have so many like small bunnies and like kids and things running around. Like, I feel like this yeah. would be like a high walled, locked down little community that has like guards and traps and like a rotating guard system. Right. Yeah. And the kids can't pass a certain place or go into the shadowy areas, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> I, I think it's rat- like uh, places where only a rabbit would be able to get to because of their jumping ability. Right. Mm. Like they'd be able to get somewhere that a normal person wouldn't. Mm, that's good. Yeah, like on like the side of a cliff or like dug into the side of a cliff that you have to jump yeah. to get into kind of thing. Yeah. And the Owlin can get in there too. Because they're best friends. They're best friends. Owlins, Haragons, yeah. best friends. We've yeah. determined. <laughs> uh, my, my question is this. If if Haragons are having so many babies, is this going to be something that, uh, is this going to be a lineage that we find often now in D&D? Is this something that we're going to just find all over the place? Because apparently they are just shooting up babies one after another. Well, that's how I imagine it. I think that they're just there and they exist within societies without you even knowing that they do. I imagine it kind of like uh, the Dragon Ball Z world and fandoms is that like there's just like live animals wandering around and it's normal, right? Fair enough, like, yeah. They're just a part of society and in the background. And again, they have one, they're written as they have wonderlust. So they're not going to stay within the Feywild. They're not going to stay within their own home encampments unless one or other reason keeps them there. They have a desire to go out into the world and do their own thing. So I feel like they would almost have to be written in that okay. they are seen everywhere. In my mind, anyways. I, I would like to use yeah. them more. But Dra- Dragon Ball Z, what is this phenomenon you speak of? Hmm. <laughs> 
a weird cartoon. I don't recommend watching it. <laughs> Maybe I should forget about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> dump that from your memory bank. <laughs> There's a lot there to dump. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Herring God before we move on to the next one? I want to play one. I want to play as a character. I I, I just want to play a Herring God as a character. Uh, but as a forever DM, I never get a chance. That's fair. Well, you, you can play as many as you want. NPCs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my focus is split on so many. I want to just focus on him. That's fair. He's my cute bunny who I want to just kick people's asses. Yeah, I just want to build my monk community. That's all I want out of these. Yeah. Like, I just, I really want that to happen for me at some point in my life. Um, oh my god! <laughs> Honestly, you know what I would love. The reason they have so many babies is because they're fearless and they just keep dying. So I would love to have a, one of these as a party NPC and it will just keep dying and then a new one will come along. Yeah. Like it's just a daredevil. That's just like, fuck yeah. it. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Kev- I'm Kevin number two. Yes. And that's, that, that is the NPC and or player character that you just change the spelling of the name for. And then just right at the top of your character sheet, it's the same fucking character. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep adding X's to the end of your name. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a hey, steady. Have you, have you seen Kevin two? I'm Kevin three. Kevin four should be around in a little bit. Right, and then by the time Kevin Four comes in, <laughs> Kevin Three is already dead. There's just a large line of them that's following your party, following the tracks of your party. Yeah. One just catches up, but by the time one dies, yeah. And then also just like, oh, and that one's Kent. <laughs> what? Whoa! <laughs> I'm gonna just throw you off right there. Why not? That's the distant cousin. That's actually your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> the cousin to your cousin. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Uh, on to our last lineage, Kyle. What you got for us? Okay, I've got fairies, and I hope you're ready, because I'm about to shit on them pretty hard. So, in Wild Beyond the Wishlight, and Mordenkainen presents Monsters of the Multiverse, uh, they are described as little elves with wings, though each of them come with their own unique characteristics, like bird wings, multicolored skin, or having an odd smell or aura. Essentially, just making them slightly larger amalgamations of sprites and pixies, which I assume was in order to get away from, like, the traditionally gendered stereotypes of sprites and pixies. Because I think sprites are, like, almost always shown as male and pixies are always shown as women. Um, So, like... I, I can understand why I would have gone to this rather than using the other two. Um, and I would support it if they actually made an interesting playable lineage, which they did not. So like in terms of lore, we're given nothing aside from the physical characteristics. And I think it's, but because of their relation to sprites and pixies, I think it's safe to assume that they fall somewhere in between shy and mysterious. Mis- Oh, oh my god, I can't figure out the word now. Mischievous? Mischievous. Mischievous? Mischievous. I, mischievous. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know. Mischievous. What, that's a T, that isn't happens. it? Mischievous. Mis- we, we go over this all the time with yeah. Terry, too, where words are said differently in different places. But like mischievous yeah. is how I would say it. Mis- but mischievous is also a way to say it. That's how an evil person says it. Mischievous. Mischievous. <laughs> it's the name of one of the herring gone. Mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> The next one's mischievous too. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, Kyle, continue. 
Yeah, so uh, I think it's fair to assume that they're somewhere between that word and shy forest spirits or like and or guardian warriors who can be found like deep in areas of untamed wilderness. I imagine the idea was meant for people that want a little more of a whimsical flair for their campaigns and maybe, you know, looking for that fairy princess or guardian angel type of character. But unfortunately, I think they missed the mark with this generic half-baked flavorless cookie cutter garbage of a race. And when taking a look at their stats and mechanics, uh, like they are small fey creatures with a flight speed that's equal to their walking speed, uh, though they can't fly in medium or heavy armor. Uh, they get fairy magic, uh, which gives them the druid craft cantrip. Uh, then they also get fairy fire at third level and enlarge and reduce at fifth level. Uh, both of enlarge and reduce and fairy fire um, can be cast once per long rest using uh, intelligence, charisma, or wisdom as your spellcasting modifier. And then on top of that, you get one language other than common, and that's it. I like I I don't know. I feel like yeah. they're missing the connection to nature thing. I, I guess you kind of get it in druid craft, but not really. I don't know. It's just yeah. I wonder because it would depend on what kind of class you chose to play with this lineage. Would would yeah. dictate what kind of languages you would know and languages you would learn, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's what I was going to say, you know, like I don't really have too many insights on role playing or combat because it will greatly depend on your class and background choices, right? Yeah, so it's, it, I agree. it's a totally yeah. open ended character, which is kind of nice in some ways and then disappointing in a lot of others. Yeah, because it's kind of like you can pick any kind of class that you want to be in your education process, but you're connected to the Feywild. That's basically yeah. what they've done with this in my mind. But like, I don't know, I think because we haven't really, again, to Tyler's earlier point in the episode where we there's subclasses are such a huge missed opportunity in this where when we think of Fey and we think of these things, I automatically go to like the tree spirits like Kadama from Princess Mononoke or like oh, other yeah. like pixies like that kind of stuff things that are magical like they have those like imbued characteristics it's hard to imagine playing something like that as a playing character one yeah. that i actually thought of that kind of gave me the idea of a playing character for this for this fairy thing is if i were to look at the movie legend and the 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 sprites or whatever they are at the very beginning there they're kind of a small to medium size and one mm -hmm. of them has wings. It seems like a, that's the kind of fairy I would want to play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think they just, there's better fey creatures that they could have picked, right? Like dryads are great because they have so many, and nymphs as well, because they have so many um, sub race options, right? Like there's water, earth. I think there's air ones as well, right? Well, I mean, we did the elemental thing with Janassi. You know what I mean? So I yeah. feel like it'd be so easy to do subclasses for Fae using the elements. Like that is a very, yeah. very simple thing that they could have done. Right? I like, yeah. I honestly think I honestly think what they did here is they just wanted to give something as an introduction to leave for future options as they release more Fae material. Or in, in maybe in one D&D &D or whatever they're going to call it. It gives the uh, options to further on put out some more lineages that you can play rather than mm -hmm. doing them all up front I, so i think they did this as just a generic i don't like it but i can yeah. understand to a point i don't like it though yeah it's too yeah. open-ended like yeah i would agree it's too open-ended it needs yeah. a little way more too much um to it and honestly i i think if you're going back to my earlier point 
I think that was the idea, right? They first of all, you can't say the wrong thing if you don't say anything at all, because you know they've had all that trouble with racist undertones um, uh, from some of their other things. So I think they were trying desperately to avoid that, maybe in order to keep or gain a little bit a little bit of goodwill, or they were preparing for the OGL where they could have just taken anybody's. Uh, homebrews for themselves and then they were just going to use that this is just a placeholder but will they parse more information it's true but either way i you know also i think it would have made a much better playable race is boggles (laughs) they are have you seen them i have seen them yes yeah they're adorable i don't know what you're talking about what is that oh Okay, so it's this tiny, it's a small creature that's basically an oversized head with oversized hands and feet. And it is, uh, they're made when someone is very lonely. And so like kids lost in the Feywild will create one and it'll, as like an embodiment, an imaginary friend to keep them company. So I Googled this and, and it's, like, and it's, a, it's Narnia. Is that correct? Or is that not I, correct? Uh, I got it from like, the monster manual but it might be from narnia it is something that can be found in narnia it is something in there it's not quite the same like i know what you're talking about for the monster manual it's similar but not quite i i almost get idea of like almost uh spirited away type of uh, type of feeling on this like big eyes and you just have like little bodies but big arms and torso uh, big arms and legs it's just like just yeah. makes me think it's of that so kind goofy of looking yeah, yeah exactly looking. i love them yeah. yeah but i think that like because like when we talked about the outlet and we talked about the herring gun it was kind of easy to like pick and pull inspiration from again like disney movies or even just the real animalistic characteristics themselves to figure out what their houses would look like what their life would look like when it comes to fairy in this broadened term and broadened sense it's almost like you kind of have to pick again to your point a boggle or a like a fire sprite or like something and then that's what's going to help you inspire you for like where they come from what their colonies look like what they because it's almost you, you have to have a starting point somewhere with these ones because they're so broad yeah agreed yeah. like it they've made it in such a way that you can take a lot of these things that are mentioned in the fae and just flavor it towards that Maybe uh, if you want to make a druid like as a class, and they they kind of are kind of going to, are going to be similar to a, a tree spirit, but yeah. they're a fairy. So, yeah, yeah. One of the things with them too is um, if you were taking from pop culture, I I don't know a lot of middle ground for them, right? Like I know the Disney interpretation, right, where it's kind of a guardian angel thing when you think of like Tinkerbell or the fairies for Cinderella. Um, and, and then I know like old school fairy mythology where they're coming to steal your kids in the middle of the night. Yeah. But like, but then there's also like, okay, this is going to like ugh, Winks, which was like a, a nice girly cart- cartoon show about fairies that again, had elemental capabilities. It was basically like Genassi, but in fairy form. Okay. So it, it, that's why I like pull from like the Genassi is the closest thing that I can think of of something that we've done similar to what Faye could have been if they yeah. pushed it a little bit further. But I don't know because uh, I I am I am, I just connect fairies with the earth and with elements and with again to your point guardians and like yeah. they are things to be worshipped things to be taken care of but again as gods are they are mischievous they are 
say can be frightening. They can be all of these things, but again, such a broad term. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty much fairies. <laughs> Uh, well, do we, do we want to go, like, if we could go through a couple of the questions here, just kind of think of, um, like, if you thought of something of what a settlement could look like, because in my mind, if I was going to choose a Kadama and be like a forest spirit and a forest fairy, if their settlement would be, you know, within the trees, right? Mm. If I was going to choose like a fire sprite, they would definitely be like, you would only find them within the embers of a volcano or something like yeah. that. And that's where they come from or something like that. But Tyler, what about you? Did you think of anything fun for settlements? I think, as you said, it depends on the kind of fairy that you're going to play. I do imagine this, though. If, the, if they're existing in the material plane, it's not going to feel like it quite fits wherever they are. It's mm. it's it's nature that doesn't quite fit because they're used to the Feywild and they're bringing the Feywild into the material plane. It's very colorful, but it doesn't quite f- gel with the material. So are you, talking, are, are you talking like uh, there's, there'll be a little pocket of jungle in uh spruce forest, right? Like a- Yeah, or, or, or it could be that you suddenly have even more so. You have uh, pink shiny mushrooms that are growing. Mm. You have- uh, the treetops, instead of them being a luscious green, it is now a dark blue. Yeah. Like, it's not quite right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I like that idea. It kind of reminds me of, like, if you, when you compare the art from the Spelljammer book to the art of a regular 5th edition book. <laughs> yes. That, that, like, how colorful and how it just pops in comparison. Like, that's yeah. how I feel. Like, they would just be a regular humanoid, but for some reason, they just look and feel so much more brighter and lively than what is there surrounded yeah. by, right? Interesting. Okay. I like that. I was thinking of, because they made us abroad, that uh, their settlements will look vastly different, kind of like what you were saying, maybe based on their alignment, right? So a lawful good, you'll find it in like a beautiful forest glade with like a babbling brook, mm. a crystal clear water, whereas a chaotic evil settlement, you'll find it in like a high cliff in a cave high up on a cliff that faces like a sea that's constantly storming with like giant crashing waves and stuff like that. Yeah. I sometimes I forget to like take alignment into consideration, but I do feel like a fairy is one where you would have to determine what your alignment is. Cause I feel like it would impact your aura and your mood and how you exude yourself. And like, again, to Tyler's point, you're bringing yourself out of the Feywild wild into the material plane what kind of aura and attitude and mood are you bringing with you? And I think that's a big piece. Yeah, that's really cool. Something to think about. Um, What party roles do we think that they would particularly fill, do you think, if you were to do a PC with one of these? Any thoughts? I'm very much leaning towards Arcana. This, like, magic? Yeah. Yeah. However, I would lean towards the natural abilities, like a sorcerer or a warlock. Like, I could imagine them definitely being a warlock... Uh, and their patron is from the Fey is from the Feywild. Mm-hmm. I can see that because then you can tie it into like they're on like some kind of like a pilgrimage for the Feywild, or like a you've been sent out into the world to go and find new magic to bring home to, and find like or to spread the word of whatever patron you're doing out into the world. Oh, oh my gosh! It's a patron that they believe is there's in the Feywild, but it's actually from the outer uh, outer realms. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Oh, fairies. What about you, Kyle? Playable. What role do you think uh, they play? Yeah, like they can fit in anyone. I don't think any of their abilities or stats kind of uh, pigeonhole them into anything in particular. Yeah. But 
when I was going over this and I was mad, I was like, what's the like most opposite fairy I can think of from the stereotype? Yeah. And I I I want to play an Oathbreaker Paladin who was once a bodyguard to a royal family in a fairy kingdom, who was run out of town and now just wants to go back and slaughter the entire royal family. And the only concession I'd have for them being like a fairy and that like cutesy whimsical kind of thing is they would drink like the sugariest drinks ever but they're like a hard drinking always in the pub smoking kind of thing but they'll be like give me a shirley temple make it a double <laughs> make it <And> sparkle extra <laughs> grenadine <laughs> make it sparkle no, I love that you say that because like I read a lot of smut in my life. I, this is this is well known in my community of folks. Um, and there is a very, very, very popular series of books that is about fairy kingdoms. Uh, and they are humanoid fairies that have kingdoms and courts and like all these things that happen. And so like I imagine if I was to play a campaign, I would want to play in that world. Not necessarily for the smut. Don't get me wrong. Put your minds away. But like it's actually but not, very not because of this, but not not. But it is a very well <laughs> built world where the different some characters, parts. yeah, they they run different. You know, like each court is a different element. Each court runs a different style of court. It's almost like L five R with the clans, but in fairy world. And okay. like, so I would almost want to run a huge campaign along that lines. But like, if I was to think about a particularly role that they would play, they always, in my mind, fairies spark again, mischievous. And like, like this would be like an arcane trickster if you're going to go magic. You know what I mean? Like they would be just wanting to like, you know, pull your tail and like, just be a nuisance in your life. Right. So yeah. always telling dad jokes and being a twat waffle, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> And I was going to ask what you guys think for about naming conventions, but I feel like these would not have a naming convention. It would be like just random words that were strung together is their name. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and no. I think it depends, again, where they're coming from. Are they coming from like a Sylvan type of fairy? Mm. And then it can be more kind of that elegant name, like L- Linamore or something like that. Like Elven. Like exactly. An elven fairy esque type thing, or as I said, it's just going to be whatever. It's going to be berry, glitter <laughs> stick, light. glitter stick. It, oh, it, oh, it's going to be hairy, except it's spelled H A I R Y. Oh my god! <laughs> I have a fascination with hair. Call me hairy. Yeah, it's like twig or like toothpick or like it's like, it's like whatever object they saw that day is this child's name. <laughs> yeah. Their name changes every day. Yeah. yeah. Today I am sunglasses. It's the first thing you see when you wake up every morning is what your name is that day. Yeah. (laughs) I got like I do feel like fairies would be chaotic that way though, right? Because they they grew up in the Feywild, or like no matter what kind of fairy you are, you are attached to the Feywild, which to me just breeds chaos, right? Mm -hmm. So oh I just had a a brilliant idea for a a wood spirit fairy. His name, bear with me here, his name is Groot, and that's all he can say. I've never heard of that before. How yeah. clever. <laughs> you should patent that before somebody else does. <laughs> Good idea. Million dollar idea right there. Amazing. <laughs> Phenomenal. I love it. 
Um, any quests or role-playing thoughts for these folks? Again, we kind of talked about, I talked about chaos a lot. I feel like that's how I would play it. Absolutely in yeah. your face, super chaotic. Um, again, I don't think I would do a fairy as a PC. I feel like I would just build these as P, like NPCs that are pulling around yeah. as a DM. Yeah. Yeah. I have a brilliant idea for a quest for them. And that is they want to put a party on in mm. the material plane, but like fa- a fae like party. A court. And, but exactly. But the thing is, though, they need certain items to do this. Mm. But the absolute best experience. Mm. So they're going to send your party out to go fetch these absolutely ridiculous items. Some are easy, some are hard. Like it's going to be maybe a dragon toenail or a vial of gelatinous cube. And it's yeah. going to help bring apart the party. And the more things you gather for them, the better the reward is going to be. Yeah. The more drunk you're going to be. That's cute. Yeah. And then you could like end the, that would be like a fun, almost like a fun one shot. Cause then you could end with having like a really like beautiful court that you just have. And that's, then end with everybody getting murdered. But that's just where my brain goes. But that's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I envision this is like the perfect side quest that you go along with your main campaign. It's like, as you're going, Oh shoot, we needed that button off of that thing. Yeah. Go grab mm. it quick. We're going to have to go fight this giant because we need its harp, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And then before the big bad evil, it's like this is a group of, it's this fun reward near the end of the game, near the end of the campaign. It's like, okay, now we can finally have this party. Yeah, amazing. That's cute. All right. What about you, Kyle? Uh, uh, honestly, for rolling, I I agree with you. I wouldn't make them a PC, um, but it, I would make them like stupidly annoying, right? Like using double speak, constantly trying to get out of deals and promises, just like any way they can to confound your party. That's what they are going to go do. Yeah. But I'd like to, for like a quest, I'd like to, to see something like kind of stupid, right? Like they, they pissed off a dragon so bad that they need your help to basically distract it so they their village doesn't get destroyed. But they don't want you to kill it because it is their favorite person to pick on. They just want you to distract it a little bit so that they can go back to square one. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite person to annoy. Please don't kill them. But I need you yeah. to distract them so I can get away. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I will be back tomorrow. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Any final exploration clues or combat thoughts? What about you, Tyler? I think just for exploration, you're going to know they're around. You're just going to know. Things don't seem natural. Nature is off, like I was mentioned before. Um, and as, as for combat, these guys are going to be staying out of reach. I imagine that they're not that heavily armored. Remember, if they're flying, they can't wear medium or heavy armor. They're going to be flying and casting spells or shooting whatever they're going to shoot. They're going to, who knows, but they're going to do it from a distance. And I see that. Um, but as for exploration, yeah, it doesn't seem right. You, They are going to make themselves known because yeah. look at me. I feel like they'd be very prideful. So like you would know when one enters the room, you know, like you would feel it when it was like, oh, there's a weird, weird, nice, happy feeling going on here. And there's somebody walking around with sparkles, just like chasing them around you know <laughs> why is my Imagine, like, hair like suddenly throwing them out like a flower girl flower girl at a wedding right yeah like just sparkles fucking love it i did so make do, a, a rainbow bright character in strahd I, I think i've talked about her once or twice over this like this <laughs> i literally made like a halfling that was a bard and her big thing was she wanted to spread joy and cheer and it the Strahd campaign and all she did was throw, 
sparkles everywhere. So she had a pouch of sparkles that she carried around with her. And anytime she got hit, there'd be like a poof of sparkles and things like just <laughs> the whole kit caboodle. Like it was <laughs> just nice. Yeah. Um, what about you, Kyle? Any final exploration clues or combat thoughts? No, none. I think you guys covered it pretty well. Blessings. All right. Any final final thoughts on fairies other than the fact that, Kyle, you hate them? Uh, do you like yeah. them now a little bit more that we've talked about them or do you still hate them just as much? <laughs> oh, like like 2% more? Great. <laughs> I, like the, I like the idea of a pocket of a little fey forest inside <gasps> a material plane forest. Like, I love that idea. That, That's like, cute. Extra bright, spark, like, sparkle thing that doesn't quite fit. Love that idea. But I, I, yeah, like I, I'll pick. It's an NPC, not a player. With, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. You're building NPC worlds. You're building NPC like communities and colonies. You're not really building a PC that came from one of these places, right? I feel like these are built more for DMs than they are built for player characters. There's just so much out there. Why would you pick something so broad and open? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, what comes to mind when I think of these guys as NPCs, it reminds me of the movie Fern Gully. Yeah, and that's what these guys really are. Yeah. Oh man. What a what a sad movie that is. I, I, I loved I, it. Oh. I I have a fern that sits on my my patio and its name is Fern Gully because of that stupid movie. <laughs> uh, so if it ever falls down, you just say, "Oh, gravity works." Gravity works. <laughs> it's dead right now, so it uh, is not the season for it to be alive. And I'm hoping that it comes back when the spring comes around, but plant people come at me in the comments it probably won't but i'm i am hopeful (laughs) (laughs) i kill all plants that come into my home so um yeah it's unfortunate all right at least you're consistent i I am a very consistent person i kill plants so that's what i do all right so before we wrap up this episode let's cut to our last ad break if you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit r slash it's a mimic. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes, and comments. Engagements like that help us pop up on search engines and keep this show running. Oh, wait, so final thoughts here. Players, talk to your DMs when making one of these characters. There needs to be communication. There is so little lore and mechanics. Work together to make the character you want that fits into the campaign. And DMs, talk to your players, if they're kobolds especially. (laughs) Now I'm imagining like a fairy kobold. Like... (laughs) (laughs) But DMs, please talk to your players and help them exercise that creative gene and to get them to create this character that they want to play. Try not to limit them too much because this is one that is going to require some footwork, especially if you're a Herringon. Yeah. Or like any of the anthropomorphic type characters that you're playing in your campaign, like as a DM, you might not have them in the area that you're in, right? Like it's... So that's why I feel like when you're wanting to play one of these, it is definitely have a conversation of what uh, lineages are around and which ones aren't, especially when it comes to the Fae. That's way too broad when it comes to the Fae. Mm. The fact that all of these come from the Feywild, that means that in your campaign that you were playing as a DM, the Feywild exists, which means that you kind of, you don't honestly have to like go there and talk about it that much, but the fact that it exists is something that as a DM, you're going to have to keep in the back of your mind because you have these Feywild creatures running around, right? So... And then to your point, Tyler, it's just like, just, I like the idea that it is 
open-ended to the point where you could use a little bit more of your creative mindset into how it would fit into your world. Is this a fern gully situation where you're going to be fighting forest spirits? Amazing. Let's have a forest fairy in my game, right? Like I can absolutely like do that for you. I can build a cute little backstory for you where you'll fit in, right? But it's about that working together and not just dropping it being like, I come from this magical forest that doesn't exist, that your DM has no idea exists, you know? Like yeah, you're you're playing a grim dark campaign. And it's like, oh <laughs> I'm the sluffy little rabbit. Yeah, why not? Right? Like and then a gelatinous cube comes down that's made of oil. <laughs> that was awful for everybody involved. <laughs> so that's all for our discussion on fairies, herringons, and owlins. Make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be exploring more variant rules that you may or may not want to add to, to combat at your tables. Thank you for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, a store with some awesome It's a Mimic merch, and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits. And don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. I think you would know the music better than anybody else here, for sure. (laughs) Just just a little, just a little. I'm okay. So Dave played a herring gun in our Christmas special. Yes. And like all he did was make puns about rabbits and hares. And, and I just, I wanted to, I wanted to punch him in the face at the table. And I was like, that's my my only experience with herring was that Dave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never again <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah but Just... that's more of a problem with the player than <laughs> the character you're not wrong yeah. fuck you dave yeah. no i can't be mean to dave i'm not supposed to be dave and i are channel, channel that anger into <laughs> your herring on monk army Oh, that's true. Oh, man. I'm so excited. I really want to find a campaign where I can play a herring god monk. It just it just oh. makes so much sense to me now that I put it together in my head. I just so want to play, as I said, I want to play a knight, like a heavy, a heavy fighter who uses his jump to jump up and slam down with a spear. I, I just I'm obsessed with wanting to play a dragoon character. Yeah. I have a my, friend who loves yeah. dragoons, so like I, I feel like if I say this out loud to him, he's gonna die as well. So so yeah. my, my my avatar is Kane from Final Fantasy IV. Nice. So, nice, yeah. nice, nice. I, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just fangirling over here, you know? <laughs> oh, very much. When, oh, when when Adam told me like six months ago we were doing this, and yeah, Tyler, I have you on this episode. Do you would you like to do anything? Can you have it gone? Can I do have it gone? Can I can I can I can Aww. I can I say- burp, burp, burp. That was beautiful. You're welcome. <laughs> I just sing the intro music.
I sang the title in my last intro because like it was a song title and I was like Adam messaged me on the side he's like never in my years did I think that you would sing a song title I'm like me neither Adam me neither so please don't put that in there but thank you um <laughs> all right he'll send, he'll send it to me and I'll make it into something there you go <laughs> <sighs> that's so ugly <laughs>